I'm Justin. And I'm Blake. And this is the How Do You Figure podcast. Blake, who is our guest this week? We are joined today by Stephen Ozer from Mattel. Stephen, how are you? I'm doing great, guys. Thank you so much for having having me on today. I'm excited to talk to you about action figures. I'm very excited. Um, how are you? Everything else is good. You've joined us again in a, a tumultuous week. Not only a tumultuous week, but the day we we're recording this was the virtual Ringside Fest. Yeah, yeah, just just coming out of Ringside Fest today, so so that kept kept us extra busy on top of you know the normal day to day stuff, but. You know, things like Ringside Fest and, and our virtual Comic-Con we had, um, it, it's great to be able to give collectors and fans like a sense of normalcy, you know, hitting these like milestone events and bringing the excitement, bringing something to talk about, even if you want to complain about it, you know what I mean? Like just, you know, giving you that normalcy and those milestones and, you know, you can expect it. And, and here we are a few hours removed from it. So that's behind me now. So I can hopefully relax a little bit. I uh, I haven't even watched wrestling this week. I haven't watched Dynamite or NXT or Raw, but I stopped to watch the Ringside Fest video today because I knew it was going to make me happy and it was going to take my mind off of things for an hour. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. you guys got to sh- uh, show some new figures and you got to show them off to WWE superstars themselves. And watching Liv Morgan see her new figure was like legitimately touching. Like, you could tell that she was really touched by seeing the figure and seeing the accessories and everything. That's got to be a great feeling. It, it's amazing. It's, it's one of those things that is probably maybe the most rewarding part of the job, or at least top, top three, you know, just being able to give back, like being a lifelong fan of, of WWE and professional wrestling in general. And, and now I give back to these, these talent who put their bodies on the line and sacrifice so much to entertain all of us. Um, and to see the excitement on Liv's face, like it's priceless. And, you know, the legends as well, right? We grew up with these guys and now we're able to make figures of them. You know, I always talk about the China figure and making that happen. And like that, it's very special to me. And, you know, Mr. T, like, you know, they've never had Mattel figures before and it's happening now. Um, yeah, so 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 rewarding to see these reactions happen, um, and I've had a few like special moments of you know talent or or you know uh, kids of talent reacting to figures coming out. And uh, as a fan, like you guys showed off some really fun stuff today. I I've been waiting for that '93 Jerry Lawler for a long time. That is awesome. Uh, the Michael Hayes is fantastic. Uh, that Dusty, the the '90 Survivor Series Dusty, is great. Just a uh, a really great showing overall. Yeah, I'm I'm glad you liked it uh, and like the reveals and some some outstanding looks that you know were on my to do list for a long time being checked off, like that Dusty you mentioned. Um, like I think he only wore that specific gear for a few months, but it just was ingrained in my memory. It was so visually appealing. Um, it was just made to be a toy and it's kind of crazy that it hasn't happened for so long. Like it finally has happened now. Like I was such a big Dusty fan as a kid, but I only knew Dusty from WWF. So those are the only looks of Dusty that I really like connect to with that like visceral childhood connection. So seeing another WWF look for Dusty 
great. Yeah, yeah. I grew up. I grew up a WWF kid as well. Um, I guess I can say WWF here. It's. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, Dusty. Dusty. I, I, I knew of him from seeing you know the tapes at the video store um, and seeing him in magazines and stuff. But until he got to WWE, D- WWE, WWF, did I really appreciate him because that charisma was just like you know, untouchable. Um, and it doesn't translate through, through photos, obviously. And you, you know why he was so special once you got to see him speak uh, and see him perform and interact with the crowd. I remember very vividly seeing him the first time. Uh, it was the vignette where he delivered the pig snout pizza. And I, I was just, as a kid, looking at this guy, like, this guy is different. Like, this is different than any human being I've ever seen. Uh, he just immediately drew me in. So very happy more Dusties are coming. Yeah. And another, uh, another, another note on Dusty before we move off of, of that topic is, you know, Dusty seems to be so meaningful to, to everyone I speak to, whether that's a fan or, or guys in the industry. Like they all have like some sort of memorable Dusty story. And, um, you know, I have a few Dusty stories, but like getting Dusty figure, figures out is, is super cool to me. And I was able to like go to um, in person Dusty's last actual match where he teamed with his sons um, and faced off against the Dude Busters and Kurt Hawkins. It was an FCW match in in Florida. Wow. Um, so it's just like like these special moments. And like I said, you know, I'm like giving back now. You know, I experience these moments of these you know amazing stars, and now I can give back by doing things like you know getting more Dusty Rhodes figures out there. Well, I can't thank you enough for that. I'll, you keep making Dusties, I'll keep buying them. <laughs> uh, Blake, did you get any uh, toys this week? I did. I got, we had talked a bit about me wanting to dip my toe in the DC McFarland figures. And so I got the Amazon exclusive, it's going to fall, but maybe not, two-pack of the Flash and Red Death. And I got to tell you, I am now hooked on these figures. It's an awesome flash. They really pulled me in though with Red Death because that was one of the like recent comic stories that I really liked was metal. And yeah, this is my... past my time with reading DC. I well, you see, Justin, they ran out of ideas, and now everyone's <laughs> an evil Batman. It look is that a, another reverse flash? No. So in metal, they found like a dark multiverse, which is a silly word for let's just do something, and. Every one of those has a Bruce Wayne that's co-opted a member of the Justice League for evil purposes. So every Justice League member has an evil version of themselves, but it's Batman. So this is Batman's Flash. Gotcha. Which was a design that I really liked. So when it came in that two-pack, I jumped on it. (laughs) But it's also... They still haven't gotten me yet. I don't know. I don't know if they will to be completely honest. I think they're getting better. I feel like the first few, I was like, eh, but like this Flash especially is just like... No, I think, bulky I think and they're great for people who read the modern comics. Like, yeah, it seems like it's a fantastic line for that. I just don't have any connection to modern DC comics. And I think that's what they're trying to start with is like get in some newer stuff because we've done so much of the old stuff in all these other waves and other lines when other companies had it. So 
it makes some sense, but I am kind of like, I also want classic ones that are in there. I don't have like any DC stuff, so I'm filling in those holes. Uh, at least not here. Everything might be in Illinois. I don't know. Uh, Justin, did you get anything this week? I did. And much like last week and following with the theme of Steve being here, I got another WWE Elite figure. I got the uh, 30th anniversary Undertaker. All right. Right on. All right. Uh, Walmart exclusive. Um, I'm actually writing an article about it this week for Action Figure Insider. You'll be able to check out next week. Uh, I love it. It's awesome. It's from the match with Roman Reigns. Uh, and the the detail on the coat is just insane. Like, I absolutely love it. It is. It is from that. It is from that match with Roman. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so cool that we were able to fairly quickly get that look out in action figure form. Um, but then, you know, he did. He did wind up changing looks rather rather fast afterwards to the boneyard look. Um, but still, you know, it kind of, kind of nice representation for him in the year to get like the decade of domination first appearance undertaker out and then bookend it with, with this one for the 30th anniversary. Yeah. Undertaker is another one that I buy every figure of, and you showed the boneyard match one today at ringside fest and that looked great. Looks great. And it, it has the hat and the gloves that he would have left in the ring that night. Um, yeah, it's just a great figure. I, I stumbled upon the display at a Walmart uh, three or four days ago. And this is a tip for everybody out there. Walk your Walmart stores, your whole stores, if you're looking for the display. Because I found the display in the sporting goods section. Nowhere near the toy section. Middle of the afternoon, the store had been open for hours, and the thing wasn't touched. And I was able to buy all of the uh, the first series of Decade uh, of Domination and uh, all of Elite 79 as well uh so yeah check your walmart walk those uh race tracks just because you don't see it in toys doesn't mean they don't have it yeah and do you use uh like pop finder or brick seat brick seat to try to help yourself out i just started using those again i uh i'm immune compromised so i've been trying to go out to stores as little as possible and i was able to find these plus Last week, I found the Legends 8, both by using Popfinder. And yep. then getting to the store the day that they popped up, seeing that, you know, the number went up, but did not go down. So no, none of them were sold. So I was able to snipe kind of all of those series within a few days. And now, having up through 79, I think I'm probably done for the year. Um, I don't need... I, I can wait on 80. I don't need to, even though 80 is a, I think one of the best series you guys have done. Um, it looks like everyone, I'll probably, honestly, I'll probably just order a case of 80 since I'm going to get everyone in that series. Cool. Cool. Glad you, glad you like it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Did you get any, Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Just being so busy and everything and the world being how it is now, um as you mentioned like i feel like you know you using those sites as a resource has been so helpful um i don't know how i would have found i collect gi joe classified i don't know how i would have found them without uh without those websites so um god bless them 
<laughs> uh, did you get any toys this week, Steve? Do we even do we want to go down this road? Um, oh yeah. <laughs> give me one. <laughs> So, first up, I am one of the fortunate ones where my Walmart pre-orders came through, and I got what? the new <laughs> figures. So, yeah, oh. I pre-ordered them. Maybe even later than other people, I feel like I missed round one, and they popped back up again, and I pre-ordered, and they, they showed up. So, they were delayed. I did get a delay notice, but they did show up. So, that was a pleasant surprise. So... I, Obviously, sorry to everyone who had their orders, you know, canceled. But <laughs> um, There's going to be conspiracy theorists. Why did Steve get his orders? Somebody said to me, like, oh, it's because you you uh, you work for Mattel. And I'm like, how would they know that, you know? Um, but I also got uh, Ultimate Edition Charlotte from Ringside. Awesome. See, I don't get everything first, right? Everyone thinks that. Uh, I got my Ultimate Edition Rock, which I ordered from Amazon. And I got a bunch of Black Series figures from Pulse. Oh, nice. Oh, I'm still waiting on my indoor set from Pulse. Well, I got two Tebos because did you guys see someone did um, an ALF? Kit. I, so I bought yeah, the Alf really. Kit. Yeah. So I'm gonna repaint one of these to make an Alf. Remember Alf? Well, he's he's back in in Black, Black Series form. <laughs> I was I got, so uh, happy when I saw that guy and made that. <laughs> oh, it looks it looks fantastic. I can't wait to paint it up. Um, I got an Endor Luke, um, and this is an extra because I did get my Pulse Endor set, but I want to pull the. Um, the the cloak off of him or the poncho whatever this is and have a you know a decent looking uh jedi luke um and i got akbar it's a trap uh, uh, and a couple of couple of stormtroopers that's great that's yeah. a great haul yeah crazy week i have my work cut out for me unboxing these over the weekend at some point yeah that's great so what other modern lines do you collect? You mentioned G.I. Joe, uh, Star Wars Black. What else are you buying these days? I love Masters. So, you know, I'm all in for Origins. I collected Motu Classics. Um, my Snake Mountain is coming soon, um, which I'm just checking every day for tracking. Uh, that monstrosity of a box. I don't want it to surprise me one day outside. Um, <laughs> What else? I collect a lot of lines. Um, I am I am a little bit in on on Power Rangers Lightning Collection, but I'm trying to stick to Mighty Morphin. Um, and now that they're doing monsters, like that's pretty exciting um, to get more than just like you know Rangers and Putties. Um, Neca stuff, you know. If there's you know movie figures that I'm digging. Uh, I picked those up back to the future. You know, I just got some of those recently gremlins. Like I just have so many gremlins. If they, it's just like the, the Simpsons episode with, with, uh, Malibu Stacy with new hat. If they do that with gremlins, like sold, um, Batman, the animated series from DC collectibles, even though that line is, is ending or has ended, unfortunately. Um, and, and so much more, you know, like, 
Marvel Legends. You know, if it's if it's pop culture from the 80s or 90s, um, they have a chance of suckering me into buying them. So jumping back to the 80s or 90s, how did you get into collecting toys? Well, when I was a kid, um, my dad, he loved just driving places and we would just go toy hunting all the time. Um, some of my early toy hunting memories were looking for um, a Kenner Darth Vader and just like going from store to store for what felt like months um, trying to find this figure. And I remember finally we, we got to a store. It was in Pennsylvania. It might have been a Boscov's, if you remember that, that store. Um, and the only way to get him there was a multi-pack with a bunch of figures that I already had. But my dad pulled the trigger anyway because we were having such a hard time finding Darth Vader. Um, and that was it. I think I had the bug, you know, back then and, and just, you know, toy hunting with him. Um, and I continued to collect um, into my early teenage years um, and whittled it down to like just WWF uh, at the time, like the Hasbros were out. Um, and I was like, okay, you know, this is it for me. I don't need anything else. And then kind of, you know, fell off the wagon after that line ended. Um, and then after my first round at college, which I decided, you know, my major, which was compute computer science at the time, wasn't for me. So I, I dropped, um, dropped out, took a break, whatever you want to call it at the time and immediately went to Toys R Us and bought every Jack's WWF figure that they had each character. Yep. So, so, and then it was just like full on, like out of control after that. Yeah. With each one of these WWE lines, once one is ended, I've said, well, I'm not, I'm not getting into the next one. And then next thing you know, I have every Jax after Hasbro and then I have every Mattel after Jax. So yeah. it just like keeps going and going. Uh, that's fascinating that you, were specifically buying wrestling figures back then and then ended up where you are now. Did you foresee that that would be the path? It was interesting. Um, you know, as I mentioned, I was pursuing computer science for, for my degree and I just hated it. I hated it. And, you know, I was fine at it and everything, but like, you know, there were people that, you know, were, were, in school with me who loved it and they were passionate. And I was like, man, like these guys, like they want to do this and I'm doing it now. I'm not enjoying it. And this is going to be my life, you know? So I needed to take a break. So I left for a few years and, you know, for me, like enter the entertainment industry, the toy in industry, uh, like anything where there's some sort of product that connects with, with humans, you know, like, like deep down, like that, that attracted me. And I was just like absorbing you know, the business side of these things, like a sponge, like every, let's talk about wrestling, right? Like it's, it's so deep and there's so much history and it's so interesting. And it's like anything I could, could find like information wise beyond what we were seeing on television. I was just like gobbling it up. Um, so I decided to go back to school for, for marketing and I like breezed through it. Like everything was just a breeze. And it was because I had spent like you know, my teenage years, and then those years, you know, off of school, just like absorbing like every aspect of all these businesses that I love the entertainment industry, the professional wrestling industry. Um, and it just gave me like a solid foundation and understanding of, of how everything worked. So when it came time for me to do the classes, it would just came naturally. Um, while all this was happening, 
Maddie Collector um, was in play, like big time. And Scott Knightlick was uh, in charge of, of that website and those lines. And, um, you know, he was, he was fairly transparent, you know, for, for a toy industry marketing manager. Um, and he was someone that I absorbed information from. And I was like, well, this guy's doing it. Like, why can't that be me? You know? So that kind of steered me in that direction of like trying to get into the toy industry. And there's many others, you know, Jeremy Padauer, of course, like, you know, the godfather of wrestling figures, um, being super transparent, um, Ken Lilly from Palisades, super transparent. So, so oh, many yeah. people in the industry, um, were, were, really good about communicating with fans and if you really paid attention beyond service level i think a mild complaint is there are a few people out there like myself like ken lily was like jeremy like randy at NECA, who give real insight on the industry and how things work and if you look beyond the surface level of when when are we going to get aj styles in this color gear and you look beyond that, there's just a wealth of information there. Um, and it's I'm indebted. amazing if you just listen how yeah, I mean, much info you guys are giving. Like it, I said, it's kind of mind blowing sometimes when people don't. <laughs> like I said, this stuff, like just listening to these guys sitting under the learning tree, them not knowing, obviously, of me personally, but them just doing it but and putting it out there, like it helped me breeze through college. So, you know. I'm indebted to all of them. Some of them know, some of them don't know, but you know, nice shout out to them now for that. But they helped, they helped guide me and steer me and, and find my passion. Palisades is a company that does not get the credit it deserves. Like, oh, for sure. Every item they put out was amazing. Their fan engagement was amazing. Like everything they did was just very impressive. They basically invented the convention exclusive. It, it was just, heck of a company i i'm glad you were able to to get online and soak in info from somebody that good and all, all those guys randy at nightlick like just and an awesome like i feel like the first they were kind of like the first generation of people who were action figure collectors that then got into the business and started making toys and you could really tell the difference once those guys got in you could tell how much people at Palisades like understood the Muppets where prior to that, you know, you wouldn't have necessarily gotten someone on a line like the Muppets who was a Muppet fan and knew the, the IP inside and out. Yeah. And, and Ken was smart in that he enlisted help of even bigger Muppet fans than he was. Right. Cause he knew. So he enlisted like an artist, um, James, James Carroll, who is a well-known Muppet artist to, to help design the figures. Um, and it, it shows, you know, we had, we're lucky to have Bill McKenna, who was a lifelong fan of, of pro wrestling designing these. So it's just like a lot of this stuff is just second nature to, to us because, because we're fans of not only toys, but you know, the, the entertainment that these toy lines are based on. And you can really tell the difference. Like it's, it, it kills me when people, when they can't, you know, because of distribution issues or whatever, they can't find the toys, they will say something like, oh, I want Kenner to get the WWE license. They have no idea how lucky they are that real fans of wrestling like you and Bill are working on these lines. Like, I've seen lines. 
I won't name names, but I've seen lines with people that aren't fans of the product. And if you know what lines those are, you you can tell the difference. I think people would would be shocked if the WWE license got to the hands of someone who wasn't a fan. Well, I, I appreciate that uh, very much. And I believe in it. Uh, I believe in everything that you just said. And, you know, we're, we're fortunate. My team is very fortunate and we have a lot of passionate people all around. You know, my, my direct boss, um, he was a fan of certain eras, right? Like, and you know, a lot of us drop off and that's fine. Like you said, with comic yep. books, like you don't read current comic books, but you know, my, my boss was a fan. Um, the packaging team, like they were all fans of various different eras. Um, our copy guy, Robert Rudman, who you may have met before, like he's, you know, a super fan. I think he only dropped off for one short period of time. So he's a lifelong fan. Um, so we're, we're really lucky in that regard that we have some, some longtime fans on the team who get WWE, who get the consumer um, all around. And, and it's reflected in, in the product. So did you collect Mattel WWE before you joined the team? Oh, yeah. I was out there on New Year's Day um, getting them. I, I mean, you know, I'll be, I'll be honest. When, when I heard Jax was losing the license, I was heartbroken. Um, I, I remember seeing Jeremy at WrestleMania 24 in Orlando on the floor and running up to him and just, like, thanking him, being like, oh, my God, I can't believe this is happening. Um, total fanboy with Jeremy. Um, and uh, we, we laughed about something else, and he moved on. And, you know, I, I thought about it. I was like, is this the time to cut it off? You know, but then you see the product and you're like, it's really good. And then you see like reveals that are in the pipeline. And I was thinking like, I need to get in on the ground floor. I can always decide, you know, a few waves in that if it's not for me, I can get out. Easier said than done sometimes. But, um, but yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad I jumped in um, day one because I mean, a lot of those older figure now, figures now go for, for big bucks. <laughs> Yeah, I I did not jump in day one. I was one of those people that washed their hands of it after Jax. And then I went to Comic-Con, went to the panel where Bill showed the Macho Man video. And I went to the, the panel not because of the toys, but because they were going to have WWE writers there. And that was like the first time that WWE writers had made any sort of public appearance. So I went to the panel to see that. Bill showed the Macho Man video, and it was done. I, I, I ran downstairs after the panel and bought the convention-exclusive Undertaker, and then I spent the next couple of months catching up <laughs> to what I had missed, and now I'm all in. I, I love hearing that you enjoyed the, uh, the writer aspect because that like really intrigued me as well. Um, and I, did, I didn't go to that, that panel with, with Randy Savage, uh, the Randy Savage announcement, um, but... I think they had writers again the following year, I want to say. Yeah. Um, and that, that might have been the, was that the year of CM Punk? Yes. Yes, yes. So I was at that one with CM Punk. Uh, but the writer aspect of it, like that really was fascinating to me because up until that point, you had never had the writers do public things like that. You know, it was just like you knew there were writers in WWE, but it was just kind of like an unspoken of thing, you know? And now here they are like on a panel, like, to me, it legitimized WWE even more. You know, I know old school, you want to protect the business and not talk about things like that. But like, you know, there's real writers. They're here. They're smart guys. They understand things, you know, like they get it that 
the things they're saying make sense. Like it legitimizes what WWE is as a, as an entertainment company. Well, let's see so what I you, think what helps people connect to modern brands is getting under the hood and really having this emotional connection to it. Even when you talk about kind of the marketing of toys and figures, you brought up Randy at NECA and then even Bill. These are people that have like made relationships with the fans and even just following them on Twitter. You're like, oh, they get me. They liked something I did and enjoyed a photo. And you certainly have people who are like loyal to it because they have this relationship that I don't think at least I never felt when I was a kid, but now as like an adult who likes toys, I'm like, these are my friends and I know them. It is, it is a lot different now. Obviously things started with probably the message boards, right? So some, some toy people who were, who were into interacting on message boards and now we have social media and we have podcasts and, and YouTube and, and everything else. And it's, it's a different time now. And there's, there's a whole level of access to us um, if we're willing um, that that's unprecedented. Yeah, did you know that you would become like some sort of celebrity by doing this? I mean, I wouldn't. Say, it's. I wouldn't say I'm a celebrity, um, but I, I know I you like, wouldn't say. But like, I have been. I have been out in the world where I have been with Bill and people. Like at the same time, Bill and people who are like on network television currently, and people will come up to meet Bill instead of the people on television. This has happened more than once. Uh, so even though you say that, you guys have become like but I your think toy there's, celebrity. There's an accessibility there too, right? Like I do the same thing. My friend was PAing for IGN at Comic-Con and he got to do the interview with uh, Harrison Ford for Blade Runner 2049. And he sent me a text of like him, Harrison Ford and a few IGN hosts. And I was like, are those the IGN hosts? I, I like those guys a lot. He's like, Blake, I'm with Han Solo. Indiana Jones. And I was like, yeah, but what am I going to say to him? I could have a conversation with the other four people. Harrison Ford doesn't care about me. (laughs) Yeah, I I will say, like, I feel like, you know, I was doing the Instagram thing for a long time before um, getting hired by Mattel. Uh, I kind of, you know, built up, you know, a lot of friends within the community through Instagram and I was covering conventions um, I may have been one of the first to like cover conventions via Instagram specifically. And because of that, like I, I my very first Comic-Con, um, it was like shocking. Like somebody came up to me and was like, oh, you're action figure tech. And I'm like, what? Like what's happening here? <laughs> um, so I think that kind of like, you know, set the tone like, okay, this is social media is a thing like this, right? Like it's, it's not about famous famousness necessarily but i think to your point it's about accessibility right like you know each other you feel like you know them because you've interacted online and you're approachable because it because of it so yeah i totally i totally get what you're saying and agree with that i got to meet okada because someone recognized bill <laughs> it was amazing <laughs> they're, yeah, <laughs> they're like they're, you're bill from mattel right this way <laughs> yeah. there, there are perks to knowing bill for sure. I, I would classify Bill in the celebrity category. <laughs> Did you know of Bill before you went to work there? Oh, yeah. I mean, Bill and I would interact at, at Comic-Con and, and Vegas Toy Con and, and things like that. And he vouched for me, you know, like, you know, thank you to Bill McKenna because he vouched for me at Mattel. And, uh, you know, he 
he's design, right? So marketing had to pull the trigger and hire me, but he said, for whatever it's worth, like this is, this is a guy who's going to be able to, to handle this and, and, you know, steer the ship in the right direction. So thank you, Bill. Um, yeah. And Vonner too, Dave Vonner, another one, they were both in the room and, and design had a chat with me to make sure I was on the up and up. And both those guys, um, they gave me the thumbs up instead of the Batista, Batista thumbs down. <laughs> So outside of WWE, what lines would you ultimately like to work on? Oh, my gosh. Uh, obviously, if there's a line that means something to me personally, I mean, heck yeah. You know what I mean? Sign me up if there's an opportunity. Um, and I have been fortunate enough to, to have a hand at some other things, non-WWE, uh, Motu, uh even though i don't collect it but still an honor to have some input monster high um and you know a whole, a whole host of other things at mattel um some things I'm, i can't talk about right now um but you know muscles i mean we did the wwe muscles and you know like there's just so many cool things that that you never expected like when they say you're on the wwe team oh my god dream come true right but then on top of it like someone comes to you and says oh hey i'm doing this for jurassic what do you think here and then you have input on it. It's like, what? You know, like I did a Jurassic item, like, you know, obviously not taking credit for anything, but just knowing like my conversation, you know, my viewpoint is being heard and, and I can influence something in some way. Like there was a Shira thing that, you know, I was part of the decision making on and I'm like, this is a major decision and I, they're listening to me, you know? So cool, cool moments like that. Um, of course, you know, stuff that, that we don't have access to like GI Joe. I love, G.I. Joe, a real American hero, you know, the 80s iteration of it uh, was so amazing. Marvel, DC, um, you know, movie properties, you know, smaller movie properties would be great. Um, they Live, you know, I know NECA did some They Live figures. Um, Back to the Future, of course, I mentioned earlier, you know, love that. Ghostbusters. I mean, there's, there's so many. Um, and then on top of the things that are dear to me, like if, if I know it's meaningful for somebody, you know, like, like an existing property that really means the world to, to a fan base. Like I can get into that idea. You know what I mean? Because I'm all about like passion and, and giving people product that like makes them feel something. And if I can make that connection, I can probably make it work. It's great that you've been able to keep up your presence on Instagram while having the job of Mattel. It's uh, it, it really like, it, it's great to go to your Instagram and watch you as a collector. A lot of people, we don't necessarily get the opportunity to see a lot of people in the toy industry collecting. Um, it, it's been a, a really nice thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm fortunate. I'm fortunate in, in that I have a lot of freedom with social media um, and, and communicating with the fans. Um, and my theory is that, you know, I was... I was somewhat known ahead of time. I had this going on and I'm just allowed to continue, you know, as is, you know, obviously, you know, there's probably things to consider and I know not to be too silly, you know, with my decision-making. Um, but, you know, as long as I'm respectful and I think I am, uh, you know, I don't want to trash any, anybody, uh, any lines or, or companies or people in the, in the business. Um, I don't believe in that. And I think that that's helped me maintain what I was doing before I started at Mattel. And overall, it's a good thing for Mattel as well. 
to have you out there. Like it, it, it once again speaks to you being open to the fan community. And I think it's just overall a very positive thing. I'm glad Mattel has been cool with you continuing on. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for that. And, you know, once again, just speaking for myself, not speaking for the company, um, you know, I think it's it's important and it, it shows that I'm I'm one of you guys. I represent you guys, you know, like that's important to me. Um, and it's important for 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 me to continue to have you guys know that I'm the same guy. I still love the same things and I like the same things that you guys like and I'm here and I'm fighting the good fight to make sure you guys get the, the figures you want. Now, you do a lot of fan engagements on the message boards and stuff. As a fan and a collector yourself, is there anything that you kind of wish the people out there knew about the industry that they don't? Lots. <laughs> Lots. Um, and I, a lot of the questions... Um, you see a lot of the same questions. And I think that this goes back to what we talked about earlier about you, you gravitate towards the satisfaction things of, you know, specific figure that you've been looking forward to or specific, you know, deco execution you've been looking forward to. Like that's natural, right? You, you want what you want and like, Oh my God, they're making it or, Oh, they're not making it. Like, you know, instinctually you go to that, but there's so much under there that, that people share um, like, you know, Jeremy, myself, Randy, and a whole host of others. Um, like that's the stuff I wish people would really like latch onto because some of those things like would automatically answer a lot of these questions that people repeatedly have, you know, because, you know, there's a lot, it's a difficult business and a complicated business. It's not straightforward. It's not just like you want Hercules. Well, we make Hercules and we force target to carry it done. You know, like it's, it's not that simple, you know, like every step of the way is complicated. There's so much involved in absolutely everything. Um, and you know, that's why I'm so transparent. You know, I, I say as much as I can say without, um, you know, hurting the company or, or getting myself in trouble, um, being respectful to the company. And I'm, I'm really not repeating anything that hasn't been said before me by other people who were transparent. So I'm, I'm very careful about that, but I do want everyone to know as much as possible about the inner workings. Just, it helps too. It helps as a collector. You understand why things the way they are. It helps you hunt for things at retail. Like it helps across the board. Um, it helps with expectations, right? Like it, it kind of sucks every Comic-Con if you have a figure in your heart, you know, like you want this to happen and you go in there like full of expectations and like, oh, if, I'm, if they don't have this figure announced, I'm going to be so upset. And you do that every year to yourself. <laughs> but if you go in there knowing like, well, there's a chance, but I know that these hurdles are in the way. Like then when the day finally does come, you're like, oh my God, it happened. Um, so and yeah. I, I feel like it also makes some of these like, more difficult figures to get produced, like even more impressive if you know how difficult this is. Like there's been many times I've been sitting in that Comic-Con room like China and have seen figures I never thought I would see. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's so, there's so many of those and, and some you don't even know of, right? Like some, some are seamless and it seems easy, but there is a lot that 
went into <laughs> to making those things happen and even continuing like, you know, and there's assumptions like, oh, you know, you have rights to this guy because he's on TV. And why aren't you doing this, this and this? And like, maybe we don't have the rights to them. You know what I mean? Like a TV appearance does not does not mean they signed a deal allowing for merchandise or action figures. Um, and then it and that's, kind of, that's, that's different, too, from any other sort of form of entertainment, because yeah. you're never going to get someone in a Jurassic Park movie or a Star Wars movie that didn't sign a deal. But with WWE, they're Unless constantly pulling. Yeah. <laughs> with WWE, they're constantly just like pulling in producers to be on television that don't have on-camera deals, so they don't have merch deals. And I think that's something that I know personally I would like my fellow fans to know because I'm tired of seeing those questions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a business, right? If you invest in signing someone, you, you want to ensure you get your return on your investment, right? Um, so if you break it down to to some simplicity like that statement right there it should make a lot of sense to people like you have to figure things out and we got china and we got china because you can build a program around her and it was the right time to do it and and things finally fell into place we got mr t for the same reasons like you can build something around mr t um and if you can make other talent feasible from a return on investment standpoint and there's no other, I mean, there's a whole host of other issues besides that as well, right? What, that we don't need to get into, but you could just Google things, right? Like <laughs> of, of why some things are not possible. Um, but, you know, there's cases to be made for everyone. And if you make it, if you make it um, appealing from a business standpoint, that's when these, these things finally happen. Yeah, I, I think there's, and, and no offense, Blake, I know you are a millennial collector. Uh, but there's a lot of millennials out there that how would they have lived through the experience of seeing the new toy on the back of the packaging instead of seeing it nine months in advance? Oh, well, yeah. Well, that was, I mean, when I was a kid, right? That's how you discovered anything new is you looked on uh, the back. You weren't and born like, yet, Blake. This was, this was back in the There was in stuff the on the back of packages in the 90s, Justin. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, no. You're 15. That's just inaccurate. And it would make this podcast much weirder. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I, love, I love those old, old cross-sells, you know? Like, so meaningful. And, and that, like, that feeling of discovery when you go to a store. I mean, sometimes a whole line, you wouldn't even know it existed until you showed up at a Toys R Us or a KB or, or Kitty City, if you even remember that. Like, you get there and you're like, what? What is this? I think oh, yeah, the, the WWE Hasbro's. Like, I didn't know they existed until I walked into a KB, and it was mind-blowing. Yeah. Because I was so frustrated with the LGNs, or LJNs. Like, I was buying them, but they were just a little, <laughs> a little weird. And then walking into a KB and seeing those Hasbro's, oh, it was amazing. And it was great because you had that lull of no, no new WWE product on shelf for a while, and then ramping up again in a big way with the with the Hasbro figures. So that was definitely definitely an exciting time. And and plus, I remember just staring 
at the back of package. Like you just save it. And then for, for weeks until you can get your next figure, just staring at it like, Oh my God, I got to get Andre. Like, how am I going to find this? Blah, blah, blah. Like there's so much excitement to be had. I uh, didn't believe that some of them existed if they were only on the back of a box. Cause I would see them and be like, but they're not here. Yeah. And when you're like five or six, your brain is just like, I don't know how inventory works. And if this box claims it, it should be here with the other ones. Yeah. NECA is attempting to do a reveal through cross-sell later this year um, with the turtle line. We'll see if it actually happens, but uh, they're going to try to reveal something on the back of another packaging instead of revealing it ahead of time. Uh, So hopefully they pull that off. That's great. I love it. I love it. Uh, You know, Randy, Randy's a buddy of mine and I love everything that he and his team do um so it's really not surprising that he would try something you know so classic to to action figures and implementing that into into this line speaking of these kind of like older marketing strategies that we're nostalgic for because i feel like the main nostalgia strategy is it's the box you remember as a kid i just got that dr doom that was the 90s packaging the classic spider-man are there any tactics or things that you miss like the back of a box that you want to bring to any of the figures is there something that to you stood out as a kid that you're like we could do it now it it comes up a lot you know and i, I mentioned before we're, we're blessed we have a lot of like you know old school wrestling fans and old school toy fans on the team i have the pleasure of working with bill benicky um and he's like a legend uh in the industry an amazing designer um and I get to, I get to like just bounce ideas back and forth with him. And it's just like these ideas from old school toys, like the, the checklist, right? So we did a line called Beast Mode recently, which is starting to launch now. And it's, you know, it's WWE minifigures with like an outer shell of a monster. It's an unboxing thing. But we did like a collector checklist inside. And it's like that, like I said, that stuff was so meaningful. Like it means something to you. Uh, we talked about the old like, reveal um like kind of like 3d glasses reveal for transformers packaging back in the day do you remember that (laughs) yep like there's just like fun elements that that you know they were so meaningful to us which means to me it would be meaningful to a new generation you know like there's just something intangible about it like it's it's a mini experience and it's a long-lasting uh memorable experience as well so yeah always looking to to the past to see how we can refresh some of these ideas for for new things. How often do you go out and look for toys to purchase yourself in stores? Every time I'm out of the house. <laughs> yep. um, every time I'm I'm grocery shopping. Anytime I have an excuse, you know, oh, I need a light bulb, but you know, go to the toy aisle first. So yeah, all the time. And plus, like obviously, when new things are hitting. I know how this works. So like, if you don't get it right away, a lot of times you're out of luck. So, you know, I don't, I don't want to sleep on anything. Uh, I'm pretty hardcore. Um, Timing is tough. Obviously like this, this job is, is crazy and and needs a lot of time dedicated to it. But you know, I I do what I can. Unfortunately now with social media, it fills in some of those gaps, right? Cause you have a lot of friends with, with, you know, the same hobby, obviously, and we help each other out. 
Um, that's another thing I would love to see more of, like the community really helping each other, not scalping. Like we, we all seem to have lots of friends, right, on Instagram and, and Facebook and whatnot and Twitter. Like let's help each other. Um, I'm in a tough position now working at Mattel. Like I can't really help people with Mattel items because it's going to look fishy. Even if I'm buying them at Target yep. and, you know, we're just doing everything on the up and up, I can't, I just can't involve myself in anything like that. But before this, for sure. You know what I mean? If I'm in a store and doing an Instagram story and something's there and I'm still there and I get that message, oh my gosh, can you pick up that, you know, Paul Orndorff figure? Sure. Let's do it. You know, cost plus shipping. Um, so I wish, I wish, you know, we would really like lean into social media more um, to, to help each other out because we do see, we see some stores that have nothing for weeks or months on end. And then we see another store that's loaded to the gills with the, the hard to find figures. Yeah. Get, you know, I always recommend to people get into Facebook groups. If you don't know people personally, like meet people online, like there's ways if you start helping other people, they'll start helping you. And those are the best ways to finish up your lines and get your collections. It's, you do what you have to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I feel like I feel like I haven't had to pay more than than retail value plus shipping, other than maybe one or two weird things here and there. But like this entire time I've been at Mattel for the past three years, I don't think I've had to do that because of you know friendships and and Facebook groups, like you said, and things of that nature, where we just help each other. And I just wish I wish more people took advantage of that in a good way, like, you know, made those relationships and, and, and more people were willing to help each other like that. Is there anything you're looking for right now? The last thing I was looking for was the Triceraton pack from, from NECA. Uh, but a, once again, a buddy of mine um, knew a guy who had an extra and just shipped it to me for cost plus shipping. And I, it was, you know, seeing the shipping costs was a little like eyes popping out of my head, but that's just how it is, you know? Um, that's but, how I got my triceratons. I'm picking them up from a friend of mine tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't, th I think with that, I, I have the boxes checked of what I was currently looking for. Um, but you know, we, we all know there's always new stuff right or right around the corner. Um, so I'm sure, I'm sure a week or two from now, I'll, there'll be a whole, you know, long list of things I need to track down. So to kind of wrap up here, actually, Blake, before we wrap up, do you have anything on your I, end? I do. I had one other question. You brought up these lines that you'd love to work on or think about the DC Back to the Future Ghostbusters. If you got your hands on one of them, is there like a dream figure you'd want to introduce or add to one of them that you think is missing? Hmm. Let me think here really quick without having awkward silence for too what long. I, what I'd really love to do is like set down the designer from the G.I. Joe line and let you just be like, I want this guy. I want that guy. Like people do all day online. <laughs> you want to do the Jerry Seinfeld episode where he goes where they work and heckle them? I could have fun with that. I could have fun with that. I am opinionated. I love the line. I love the line, but I do have opinions. Um, but let's talk about G.I. Joe. Let's talk about G.I. Joe the movie. I love G.I. Joe the movie. I loved it. I loved that it was broken up and shown one part a day with the Sergeant Slaughter, you know, vignettes uh, before and after every episode and commercial breaks. Um, I would love uh, Galobulus. 
right? A six inch scale globulus yeah. with, with the articulated tail and with the pod that goes around it. Um, and if I was just really being out of control, some sort of, you know, voice, voice box for Burgess Meredith catchphrases. <laughs> that doesn't seem difficult at all. I don't understand why they can't do that. Make it happen, Hasbro. Come on. <laughs> How hard could it be? Just satisfy us. <laughs> I, the consumer, have some strong opinions. Exactly. And I want to borrow gold in it, too. And I want it for $20. <laughs> so the target up. should be full to the gills with them. Yes. 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 Every target. Every so target. to wrap up, to bring us back to the WWE line. I know you just showed stuff at Ringside Fest. I know Toy Fair isn't until February. Like, can we kind of expect to not see anything new reveal-wise until Toy Fair at this point? You're gonna see. You're gonna see photos of of new items coming out. Um, so you know, I, I think the strategy that we've created um, over the last few years is to show you things very far in advance, right? Like we want to be transparent and get you excited and know what's in the pipeline. We do reserve a few things here and there that we don't want to show you until later to, to keep that excitement uh, opportunity. Uh, but yeah, you're going to see more reveals. Um, at the very least, you're going to see things updated from those renders that we show you sometimes in toy form now. Um, I don't know if they'll be like, you know, completely new character reveal before Toy Fair. There might be. There might be, but at the very least, you're going to see updates, updates of the, the production process, basically. And one other Mattel question, the Comic-Con exclusives, the Mr. T and the Slim Jim Macho Man have done so well and were so good. Do you see you guys possibly doing other exclusives for con other conventions in the future? It's, all, it's always a possibility. Um, I mean, we have, we have great ideas for things. Uh, I mean, those two, I mean sweating how to top them right at, at times um but not everything has to be um as mind-blowing as slim jim macho man right like you can have solid amazing i don't know i keep pitching bill leslie nielsen in a domino's pizza box but uh <laughs> he doesn't seem to be listening <laughs> but yeah I, I would love to see it happen maybe someday if you know, it's just, it's opportunity, right? It's opportunity and, and resources and everything aligning um, for things like that to work out. But, you know, like, like you mentioned earlier, I'm, I'm a fan. Um, Bill's a fan. Um, we, we know people like these things and it just, if the stars align, we will try to make it happen. Well, Steve, thank you so much for coming on and talking about collecting and everything else. It was very nice to have you here and see you again. Yeah, it was a pleasure, guys. Thank you so much. This was a, a great time. And where can people find you online? You can find me on Instagram at Action Figure Attack. And on Twitter, I need to look this up because I had to eliminate uh, letters for Twitter. I believe it's Action Fig Attack. It is Action Fig Attack on Twitter. So Action Figure Attack on Instagram, Action Fig Attack on Twitter, and the Ringside Forums. Uh, I'm very active on there. I have an ongoing Q&A thread. So if anyone has questions on WWE figures or anything else, reach out to me on those you know platforms, and I'll be happy to, to do my best to answer. And Blake, where can people find us? Well, first, they can do the thing that I keep meaning to do at the top of the show and forget, which is leave us a review on iTunes. <laughs> 
Uh, they should do that. They can then follow us on Twitter at How Do You Figure PC. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash group slash How Do You Figure Podcast and Instagram at How Do You Figure Podcast. Great. That's it. Awesome. <laughs>